Hello and welcome to episode 15 of North Point Plus. Mm. 15, anything significant about 15? It's uh, higher than 14. That's true. That's enough for me. <laughs> we'll, we'll move on from yeah. that. We're not old enough to drive on this podcast yet. No, there's going to be those weird ages where like nothing really important happens in your life. Like between the ages of 21 and 25. Yeah. Those are useless birthdays. Those anything, are barely worth celebrating. Anything after 30? Yeah. Yeah. 40. I just had a birdie, bird. I had a birthday. <laughs> I had a birthday. I was tweeting <laughs> all over the house. <laughs> I had a birthday and turned 33 and uh, my family loves me, but nobody else cares. Yeah, so cool about that. Yeah. There's nothing cool. Man. I ta- my daughter turned three and that was very cool. That's Everybody very was exciting. highly excited. Yeah. We had frozen stuff over all over the place. Yep. I was Olaf. Oh, Disney Frozen, not just like frozen. Yeah, not items. like frozen. I know you it's the same. Frozen December. different items around your house. Yes, we did. There's a giant <laughs> bag of peas on the middle of the table. And we're like, happy birthday. And then she Woo-hoo, cried. She loves that stuff. Yeah. It was weird. I don't know. What we got there. Yeah, we're totally off track. Welcome to North Wayne Plaza. <laughs> That's the worst start I think we have in the 15 podcast. That's podcasts. okay. That's where we're at. That's where we're at. Uh, this is our follow-up podcast uh, for our messages on Sunday mornings. Uh, this podcast gives us the opportunity to dive a little deeper, continue the conversation with y'all, answer questions, and goof off and talk about frozen peas, <laughs> 33s, and whatever comes up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm one of your hosts, Mark Adkins. To my left, Jake Howard. Jake, you continued our Christmas Uncluttered series. I did. Yesterday. Uh, we record this on Mondays. What'd you talk about? Yeah, we talked about uh, how perfection is just not possible. Uh, we talked about Christmas season, like there is this draw for perfection of your house looking nice, or the yep. perfect gift, or family memories, or all that stuff. Um, and then we kind of related over a little bit to the story of Mary and Joseph, and how the very first Christmas was far from their view of perfection, and right. just kind of how pointless it is to really try and pursue perfection. Yep. Um, to recognize we're all going to be broken, like things are just going to go hectic or, or haywire on us at times, whether it's at Christmas or whether it's in other aspects of our life. Um, and we have the opportunity to still trust that God's moving. Yeah. So great. Uh, before we get into our questions, we have some logistical items to take care of. So we got a question about Christmas Eve. So I want to talk about Christmas yeah. Eve in a second, but the question specifically asks, uh, will there be Christmas Eve services online as well? Uh, and so yes, there will be, they'll be, they'll be tweaked and kind of catered to, the online platform. So if you're if you're basically we're doing it for people that can't make it. So if you're if you're if you regularly attend North Point but you're traveling to see family and friends or if you're homebound, you're sick, whatever it might be, uh, we're going to have a, a shorter service that'll premiere at those same times, so 3 o'clock, 4:30 and 6. Um, but that'll be available online as well, so that'll go out during those times on Christmas Eve. But do you want to invite people and kind of explain Christmas Eve. For maybe no one's heard of Christmas Eve. Oh, yeah. It's their first time. Well, it's explain. the day before Christmas. Is it? It's right on the eve of Christmas. Oh, that all makes that, sense. Yeah, okay. that's how that works. I thought it was the evening of Christmas. No, it's okay. not. The, no, that would be confusing. I could see that. that, that would be, yeah, anyway. <laughs> no, no, we don't need another rabbit trail here. No, nope, nope, right? we've done enough. It's too early for that. Um, yeah, so Christmas Eve, it is coming up on the 24th. We have services at 3 o'clock, 4.30, and uh, 6 It'll be about an hour long. Uh, we're going to be worshiping together. Uh, we're going to be encouraged uh, by Rick this Christmas Eve. I uh, got some fun stuff planned. There's going to be uh, kids care 
yeah. as well. So nursery and uh, the real littles uh, to be in there as well. Uh, we want kids to actually be in the auditorium. Yep. Uh, we got a fun little bingo game for them, so that would be kind of cool to be a part of. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that'll be this Christmas Eve. It's exciting. We encourage people to be there. Like you said, if you can't be in person for whatever reason, maybe you've traveled to be with family, maybe yep. there's uh, sickness, whatever it may be. Uh, there, it's cool that there is an online service, but it's catered that way. It's going to look and feel different yep. than in person. So I'm excited about even checking that out afterwards. Yeah, so. it'll be fun. It'll be a blast. Yeah. Okay, so uh, you had talked about um, in your message this idea that we have this... I want the camera on me, yeah. <laughs> not you. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, you had talked about um, this idea of a, of a perfect Christmas, and that idea, we, I mean, we typically all know that the nativity that we have on our mantle or on our coffee table, wherever we put, in the, is not really totally accurate. Mm-hmm. But we still fall into that trap of thinking, like, oh, it's this perfect, quiet, silent night, mm-hmm. and that's it's this quiet Christmas. Uh, but you brought up too. I think there's other parts of our culture that really emphasize this idea that Christmas is supposed to be perfect, mm-hmm. and we you brought up the Christmas song. Um, and so one of the questions was, if, if Rick was preaching this sermon, would Rick have sung the Christmas song? So are you a coward for yeah. not singing the Christmas song? You just read the lyrics? Yes, and the answer to that uh, for both is yes. <laughs> yes, I am. Uh, can I tell a stupid story? Please, only stupid stories. <laughs> only stupid life. stories on the podcast. So I, I took choir in high school, my freshman year. Okay. Um, small school, small Christian school I was a part of. Uh, we had three guys in our tenor section. <laughs> yeah, uh, one of the guys um, was deaf in his left ear. And um, so, like, none of us could sing. <laughs> we were all really terrible singers. And so our choir teacher, we're getting ready for um, the Christmas whatever thing that we're singing. And yep. she keeps keeps having us sing the same song again and again and again. And she's, something's just not right. It's just not right. So the three of us are goofballs and could have cared less, right? Yep. Like, no big deal. So uh, we just sat down. We're like, I'm so tired of singing this song. Literally, the whole tenor section, the three of us, sat down and didn't participate. And she didn't pay much attention because she's playing piano. She gets done, and you see her slowly put the keys, like, covered, and she looks at us and goes, class, that is the greatest you have ever oh sang this song. <laughs> yeah. And we were like, well, hold on. We, like, we didn't sing. And she goes, guys, just don't change anything for the pageant. And we're like, oh. So we then got the nickname Tone Deaf Tenors for the rest of choir. So the fact that I did not sing on Sunday you're welcome. That's but I that's did pass choir with an A by just lip syncing my way from singing. there on out. Yeah, yeah, we had an understanding there. But yeah, and then we couldn't sing right because of uh, streaming and copyright yes. issues and all that fun stuff. So yes, we'd had to pay somebody a whole lot of money for my terrible rendition, <laughs> and at no point would it have been worth it. So yes, yeah, for those go. that that want a, a peek behind the curtain into service planning. So basically, because we live stream. There are so many more copyright considerations that come into play. So if we don't want to have our live stream muted or copyright strike or whatever it is, basically we stick to worship music and anything else, even like small snippets of it. Uh, now, maybe Jake's rendition of it wouldn't have <laughs> triggered the copyright <laughs> police, <laughs> but we didn't even want to risk it. <laughs> so that's the story we're leading with. <laughs> they don't watch it and said, no, that guy's not singing the song. There's no way. I've heard that doesn't song. It doesn't even do a blip on their <laughs> copyright radar. <laughs> oh, oh, man. So, yes, to answer the question, Rick probably would have sung it. Yes. We would have gotten copyright strikes. Right. It's a whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving on from that. Uh, another kind of seemingly silly question, but yeah. we actually got a lot of que- a 
in conversations with people, a lot of people were asking this question and someone submitted it, which is great. Um, so we sang a song at the end of the message. And the yeah. title of that song is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Yeah. In the message, you read a passage yeah. that refers to it as I Manuel, Emmanuel. Yeah. <laughs> is it Emmanuel or is it I Manuel? I want to I want North Point to plant a flag Absolutely. in this fight. Are we team Emmanuel or I Manuel? Yes, and we will plant it in the fact that the answer is Yes. <laughs> yes. Again, uh, it really comes down. Uh, it, it's lettering and, and the old good rule of thumb in the Old Testament. They use I uh, for, with the Hebrew interpretation. Yeah. Uh, New Testament's Greek. Uh, they use the E. It's it's the same word. Um, it means uh, God with us. Yep. Like when you break it all down, um, it's my favorite term and thing to talk about in Christmas because like that's what Christmas is all about, yep. right? Um, so nothing huge. There are, there are exceptions exist, so I know somebody's watching this, and they're going to like look in their Bible and be like, hold on a second. They're already writing the comment. Yeah, there's an <laughs> I in the New Testament, Jake. Why are you lying to me? There are exceptions. They are there. Uh, it's all about translation and transliteration and all of those kinds of things, but it means the same thing. Yeah. Uh, it'd be the same as, uh, you know, your name is Mark, M-A-R-K. Uh, I worked for a guy um, in Cincinnati. His name was Mark M A R C. Mm. So obviously, I already don't like that guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, he's wrong. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know. So that's that's really what it comes down to. It's just a slightly different spelling of the same word, language. So even though it's not dramatic, we should make it as dramatic as possible Absolutely. and create a divide. Yeah, I'm going to be Team Emmanuel. Yeah, and everybody else has to sit over here. <laughs> Some have to sit here, depending just for the just the Christmas Eve services, the I section <laughs> yes. and the E section. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hopefully that's on the bingo card. <laughs> uh, one of the other questions we got. Um, so in your message, you talked about Mary being visited by the angel, mm -hmm. that crazy experience, and then the process of her learning all that, Joseph finding out, getting to the birth and all that. And you mentioned that Joseph found out probably f three to four months later. Yep. What's your reasoning behind that? Where does that reasoning come from? Yeah, that's a that's a solid question. That was like a passing comment too, mm -hmm. and it got thrown in there. I saw that one come across. I'm I like, always find Man. it fascinating, like the things that will just yes. like stick in people's mind, which is great. That's why yeah. I love this podcast because it gives us an opportunity to answer questions right. like that. But you never know, like what random side comment you might make where someone's right. going to be like, "Wait, uh -huh. what?" Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, this uh, is one of those. So this is where we got it. Uh, Luke, uh, I had to write my little notes here. I'd actually go back and look at this again this morning because I was like, wait, I did the research. I remember it. Where did I put that? So I found it again this morning. Uh, Luke one thirty six uh, tells us that Elizabeth was in about her sixth month of pregnancy. The angel Gabriel told Mary, hey, go check out Elizabeth. She's pregnant when nobody said it would happen. Uh, so you can trust that God does amazing things. And yep. so uh, we know that she does. Mary uh, travels, verse 39, verse 36 says she's in her sixth month of pregnancy. Verse 39 says that Mary is in a hustle. She's trying to get there. She wants to see Elizabeth. Uh, from estimations on where they would live and the time to travel, they're thinking it would take about a week or so for Mary. So you're talking a week there, a week back. Mm -hmm. um, and then verse 56, Luke 156 says that uh, Mary stayed there for three months. The assumption, the Bible doesn't specifically say it, but the assumption is she would have been there for John the Baptist's birth, mm. um, which is really, really cool to think about. Like, yeah. you've got this young girl who is now pregnant, and she's going to check out her cousin and see what's going on? What's yeah. this like? Like, what's the future hold for me kind of thing? So I think that was probably a really valuable moment for Mary. Yeah. Like to have that time. Now, um, we'll do some cultural reading into here at time. So this could be true. This could not be true. I'm not mm -hmm. trying to say it absolutely is. Uh, but there is a chance that traveling that week, Joseph would have gone with Mary 
and, and, and like sure. traveled and dropped her off until make sure she was in care so that nothing could happen on the travels. Like that would make a lot of sense. Yep. Uh, more than likely then he would come back home. He's trying to build a house and trying to get like a life for them together. So now he's to take this week. He's traveled with her. He's come back. He's gone for three months. He takes another week to travel back. He goes up and, hey, there's John the Baptist. That's so cool. And then he would look at Mary and be like, hey, something's, <laughs> something's different. A little <laughs> different here. All right. And then they would travel back home and probably have good conversation along the way. Um, so you're looking at anywhere between three to four months, three and a half, four months, somewhere in there. Yep. Uh, I rounded up and said four months because um, – traveling is traveling and if you travel like me it's gonna take a lot more time so yep. uh yeah that's kind of where, where that number came up with but there's a little bit of cool backstory if you yeah. kind of read into that maybe with yeah. joseph there. i like that um that makes it a little more intriguing i like that good question thanks for asking yeah um this last question i, th- I think is great uh, i think there's a lot of people a lot of us really that wrestle with this question especially during christmas but i mean really th- i mean <laughs> This is a, a philosophical question that has yet to be fully answered to people's to anyone's satisfaction. Yeah. It's basically the problem of evil. <laughs> so this question is, how do we push aside painful emotions and choose to trust God when we're still questioning why tragedy has been allowed to happen in our lives? Mm. Um, and again, I think that's on people's minds a lot around Christmas, especially this Christmas. It seems like there's people are just tired and fatigued and there's a lot of pain and loss and tragedy and hurt and when you look at this amazing miracle of Christ being born and all the subsequent events and what that means for us and you're you know you're singing joy to the world and you don't feel that um how do you how do we wrestle with that how do we work through that how do we still choose to trust God in the midst of everything going on yeah that's such a good question um you know, I think the way this question was worded at first, when it says, uh, "How do you put aside the painful emotions?" I think it's it's important to address. Uh, you don't have to put those aside. Yeah, <laughs> like that's that's not uh, probably even the healthiest way to deal with it. Like emotions are not bad things, mm. right? I know uh, for a while it seemed like in the church that we have said, if you feel big emotions, that's bad, mm. right? If you feel anger, if you feel sadness, if you feel whatever, right? Um, and that's just not true, right? God has given us emotions for a reason. I think part of that is uh, they reveal something inside of us, you know, yep. whether it's a sense of justice or love or care or whatever it may be. So uh, it is okay to feel. It is okay to hurt. It is okay to question. In fact, I think it is important, especially if you've experienced loss, to do that. Like yeah. That is part of the grieving process. And yep. If you've studied grief at all, um, a lot of different cultures have a lot of different ways of grieving, um, but going through grief is important. So man, if you're in this position where you're just questioning and you felt lost this season, um, as a lot of us have, uh, from sickness, from, from death, uh, finances, jobs, like there's just the world has just been thrown for a loop here for the past while. Um, so if, it's okay to grieve. It's okay mm-hmm. to feel that. That's not something you have to push inside. Um, and maybe you're stuck in that grief. Like that happens yep. to a lot of people. So you're not alone in that. Um, there are people that want to help you with that. You know, there's people you can talk to. We have Grief Share here at North Point. It's a phenomenal program to be able to walk through the steps of grief together, have somebody else who's gone through it, understands it, discuss that a little bit. So, uh, man, I would encourage if you're stuck in that phase, uh, there are ways to, to to continue to grieve in a healthy manner and come out on the other side healthier, which is a great, great thing to be a part of. Um, grief is all over the Bible, too. Mm. Uh, David, like, yep. oh my goodness, read the Psalms. The guy's grieving left a and lot. right. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, he grieves as he's running for his life. He grieves when his child loses right. uh, their life, like all of this stuff. So it's a beautiful thing to recognize how human that is yep. um, and how human loss and pain is. Job is another one yep. that is all about grief um, and really bad people pouring into him mm-hmm. and some of that grief, right? Uh, but he's a beautiful picture of being able to trust God and not understanding and not knowing and in grieving when there's loss there. So uh, trusting does not mean that we are uh, ignoring or that we're not, or, or that we shouldn't have questions when right. pain comes in our life, when struggle comes in our life. Right. Um, I think it's recognizing and realizing, man, that it's hard, that it is yep. confusing and believing that God is good anyway. Hmm. It, it comes rooted in the fact that if I truly think God is good, God is right, and his way is best, that doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. Yep. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be pain involved. It doesn't mean that I'm going to understand or even like all of it. It's mm. just me trusting that in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the grief, in the midst of the sorrow, yep. recognizing that we live in a broken world. The design is not perfect anymore. Mm-hmm. It's broken. We can trust that God is still in control, even when I don't like it, mm. even when I don't understand it, even when I don't want it. Yeah. Yeah, I think the going along with your, I mean, your message talked about how culture, society, the world paints this picture of Christmas has to be perfect. Yeah. And it also paints a picture of what grief looks like. And in, in Western society, yes. grief is very brief. Yeah. So you've had the funeral, you've cried your tears, move on. Right. That's American grief in a nutshell. It, it takes about two weeks. <laughs> That's the expectation for yeah. American grief. Um, and then we don't talk about it. Uh, and it's it's this weird thing because like you almost feel like if you're the one grieving, I almost feel weird bringing it up to yeah. check on you because it's like, well, like, gosh, I don't even know where Jake's at wrestling with that. So six months later, do I want to re-bring up all of those emotions? And usually for people that are grieving, the answer is yes. Yeah. <laughs> I would yeah. rather yeah. explore that, talk through that, process that, than feel like I need to bottle everything up and just push aside painful emotions and make the choice to trust God and joy to the world and all that. Um, yeah. And so that's, that, that's where I think we make the intentional choice of, okay, I can either follow how culture is telling me to grieve or how God tells me to grieve. Yeah. Um, and I, I think even looking at the example of Jesus, like Jesus um, with his friend Lazarus yeah. gets to Lazarus grave and knows the outcome. Right. Like Jesus knows he's minutes away mm-hmm. from saying Lazarus, get out of the grave dummy <laughs> like yeah come lazarus he knows the outcome and jesus still weeps like uncontrollably cries and sobs and weeps um because that hurts there's pain involved in that he sees the pain in his friends he, he feels that pain himself um and so yeah it's it's making that choice of trusting god knowing that he's good and choosing to grieve as god grieves not as America tells us to grieve or the world tells us to grieve or whatever Instagram influencer we're following, whatever it might be. Um, and that doesn't mean it's easy in that process because grief is going to look different and feel different. Right. And yeah, it's, you might wake up one day, totally fine, no painful emotions. And by lunch, it's like, I don't even want to get through the rest of the day because <laughs> there's too much here. Yeah. I saw an analogy on Facebook. So you know, it's true because it was on Facebook, um, <laughs> but I thought it was a really good analogy. And it talked about uh, you have a grief or, or a pain button mm-hmm. in there. And have you seen this with the giant yep. ball? So there's a giant ball of your grief um, that's just trapped in a box with your pain button. And at yep. first that ball is massive. And so it's constantly pushing on that pain button and you feel it every single day, multiple times throughout the day. Yeah. Uh, but what happens is as time passes, that grief ball gets smaller. Yep. 
It's still going to hit the button from time to time, but it's going to miss the button a whole lot more than it's going to begin to hit it yeah. uh, over the next few weeks, months, years, and those kinds of things. And I think that that's just just a reality. Yep. You know, uh, there's still times. I mean, we've all experienced loss that we grieve that or we hurt that and we yep. feel that. But having those times where, man, I can actually celebrate a little bit more as time has yep. passed and the memories that we have. Um, and that's a, there's a beautiful thing in that. And I think that's the way God yeah. designed and orchestrated it to be. Yeah. Well, I think too, I think it's a, it's a good reminder for, for all of us as we enter into the Christmas season, as we work through the Christmas season, that there are people that it, it feels like Christmas almost like takes that ball and like gives it like yeah. a homing target for the pain button. Really? It's like every day because what's Christmas about? It's about gathering your whole family together. Well, what if you've lost some of your family? What if you wanted to have a family and you can't gather because right. you lost a child or you just... Uh, so for all of us having that reminder of like, it's okay to reach out to anyone in your life yeah. and say like, hey... I'm here if you want to talk, process, you can come over, we can grab dinner, coffee, whatever. Um, but to be the body of Christ for one another, to come around one another, the cool thing about being in Christ in the church is that I don't have to grieve alone. Right. So whatever I'm going through, I'm not forced and told by God to like deal with this yourself. Right. Don't be a burden to anyone else. Right. Um, <clears throat> to be the church, to bear one another's burdens, like what a cool opportunity Absolutely. to share Christmas in that way. Absolutely, man. Cool. Well, that's... Um, that's all the questions we got. So unless there's uh, other uh, tidbits you want to share about <laughs> being 33 or no, peas not or at all. No whatever else it may be. <laughs> not exciting at all. <laughs> three three years old is, is pretty exciting. 33 is, is not. So. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for submitting questions. Uh, be sure to come to our Christmas Eve service uh, if you're watching this before Friday, gosh, I have to like. You almost said Thursday. I almost there, said Thursday. You? We yeah. were just talking before about like I keep thinking Christmas Eve is on Thursday, and I don't know yeah. why. Yeah, but it's Friday. I, I'm gonna laugh when you're here at like six <laughs> o'clock on Thursday. But yeah, really Friday. Disappointed. Oh man! So uh, be sure to come to Christmas Eve services on Friday, three o'clock, four thirty, and six o'clock. We would love to see you there. It'll be a blast. It's a great way to celebrate and kind of round out our Christmas celebration that we've been doing all month long. So. Love it. With that, we'll see you next week.